0: Welcome everybody. This is U.S. Open Week. I am Sian Ajad. This is your Windaily PGA live stream. And Nick Brett, which may be joining us later, we're not sure, but we do have the Showdown King himself, Draftmaster Flex, Joel. How are you doing today? I'm pumped. I think uh, obviously Major Week
1: is always more exciting, um, and you know I, I feel really prepared for this week. I think like. Some weeks you go into it, you're like, you know, there's some guys we should take flyers on, and we can go down a little lower. This week, I feel pretty dialed in on who we're going after. Like, I'm feeling strong, so looking forward to breaking down with everyone here tonight.
0: So let me ask you this, because there has been there's been a lot. Oh, by the way, for for those of you listening, in about I would say about 20 minutes, we're going to give a month long membership to win daily away. And that's not just for our DFS package. I I think that's going to be for our sports betting package too, which I don't think a lot of people know about with respect to win daily, but um, you should get to know it because these guys are, are, genuine pros in the sports betting space so uh just hang on tight for that and then later in the show after you know 20 minutes probably towards the end of the show we're going to give away another membership another month-long sports betting dfs complete package access to discord access to literally everything optimizer you name it so hang tight for that um we're, we're definitely going to get that going but joel i wanted to ask you because i don't want to talk too much about course specifics and course dynamics we obviously have a long course it's a par 71 it's 7600 plus yards most days at least uh you're, you're gonna need to be you don't need to be long with the driver i don't think but it's certainly gonna help and and the long irons are gonna come into play the proximities of 200 plus are certainly going to be out there for the taking for those guys that can dial in the long irons but you know greens and regulation is going to be tough here. So, so then I'm like, okay, well, you know, around the green is kind of a big deal here. And then I'm like, okay, well, the greens are going to be hard to hit. They're very fast. Greens they are going to be really tough. Poe is tough for a lot of people. So I guess you need to be a good putter. So, you know, you kind of start with, well, the driver's got to be dialed in, you know, from a length and accuracy standpoint. And, but then when you go through the progressions, Joel, am I wrong that you kind of just have to have the complete package here? Well, another way to look at that, and you're, you're
1: 100% right, but another way to think of it this week is the U.S. Open is going to intentionally make this very difficult. Every aspect of this course is going to be the rough is really long, uh, the holes are going to be as long as they've played. So with all that being said, there's no room for error. So that's why like you'll notice this week when we go through the player pool, normally we have a few like 6K flyers with us, it's going to be a lot less than that this week because mm-hmm. you're, the creme of the crop are going to rise to the top. And like, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to find, well, what guys are mispriced? Where can we find guys that maybe were just underpriced that really should have been priced higher and they're going to be able to compete with these top guys? Because if you have weaknesses, they're going to get exposed this week. The winner of this, of this, of this tournament might be under par. I don't think there will be 10 guys under par this week. So it's going to be tough, and you're going to have to pick guys knowing it's going to be playing that hard.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. So I mean, you know, I I think as the week sort of has progressed, I've definitely kind of altered my metrics a little bit. But I'll tell you, you know, approach is obviously going to be important for me. But off the tee is definitely more important this week than than it has been in in previous weeks. So I, I do want to put that out there. But You know, you you do kind of want to be in the fairway. So if you can get that total package of at least off the tee, if you can get that total package of accuracy and length, that's great. But I'm going to forgive length in favor of accuracy if I absolutely have to do that. So that's just kind of an FYI there. And that's why maybe a guy like Colin Morikawa might stand out to me. He's not super long, but he is going to keep it in the fairway. Joel, go ahead.
1: Oh, to start my week, I w- I started off really prioritizing length off the day. and that was like really what I was focused on. And then come around until this morning, I did the same as you. I started shifting to accuracy because I started seeing that you know length is important for for guys that you want to accumulate a lot of birdies. That's just not going to happen this week. I don't care how long you are, it's just going to mm-hmm. be hard to do that. So we what I was looking for, forget about trying to accumulate all these birdies and how far you can get. Let's just who can keep it in the fairway and keep that next shot. You know close and just keep getting pars and not bogeys and then you know maybe those finishing position and things like that will come into play then i think that's how you're going to take down a tournament this week
0: totally makes sense and for the record for those of you that are not members a um, stay tuned because we're going to give away a membership. But B, for those of you who are not members and who are members, we do have some free content on windailysports.com. So go check that out. For those of you that are members, you, you know there, there's free content and then there's, you know, behind the paywall content, for lack of a better way to say it. And Discord has been really active today. It's going to be really active tomorrow. So everybody kind of jump in for that. But the reason I bring that up is because we do have articles already out there that uh, kind of explain what we're looking for from a strokes game metric standpoint. Isaiah had an article that he published yesterday. I just published an article. I believe Patrick's publishing an article tomorrow, but either way, we know Antonio and we know Steven are publishing articles tomorrow. So we have four or five articles beyond you know the cheat sheets and Discord and the projection model and stuff like that. So with all of that sort of background stuff said, and by the way, we got some people in the chat. S guy, standard. He's always here for us. Really appreciate the support. LP, this looks like maybe a, a, a new one. Uh, maybe he's here for... Uh, the membership giveaway. So please stay tuned for that. We'll do the first one in about 20 minutes. Uh, And then Mark Drumheller, and I believe Mark is from Fox Sports Philly, I believe. Uh, Mark's all over Twitter. He's uh, certainly a good dude. And then we've got Ivan here, among others. Articles are always great. Thank you for saying that. So you know what, Joel? I think we should just dive into it. How about you? Let's do it. Let's just dive into it. So as everybody knows, we start with the quote elite range, which is going to be ten thousand dollars, ten thousand and above, and, and we're referring to DraftKings pricing only uh, for this particular show. But you know, it transfers over to FanDuel for the most part. There's not many inconsistencies from a pricing standpoint. So, Joel, with all that said, we've got at the top John Rom, we've got Jordan Spieth, Dustin Johnson, Bryson, and Brooks Koepka. Uh, who do you like here? So.
1: At the top here, I think this is interesting. You know, for the most part, like we said before, we're going to need to be pretty balanced this week. So it's going to be hard to squeeze in a lot of these guys, just because you can't, you know, play all the top price guys and be balanced. Um, of this top tier, the guy I like the most, I would say, well, there's there's three guys I like. The one I like the most is probably Bryson. I think Bryson people just think of him as this bomber. And that's just not true. Bryson's better at a lot of other areas of golf than just bombing it. And one of the good things that I liked about Bryson most is Bryson's probably the best golfer on tour at hitting it out of the rough. So even if he goes into this really thick rough, it won't be as big of an issue for him as it will be for other guys. So for that reason, um, I really like Bryson this week, even when he bombs it out there, you know, he should be able to recover. Um, I think Rom of this tier is probably the safest. You know, he's Mm -hmm. known to be very accurate. Um, The the question with Rom is at this price, he probably needs to pretty much win or you have to have the winner with him. Uh, So he has to do really well. But I think you're pretty safe. So especially in cash games and things like that, I would like Rom a lot. And then lastly, you never fade Brooks at a major. Brooks (laughs) brings his game to majors. Like, this is his time to show up. And I actually tweeted this earlier today, and I'm going to say it again. I'll probably mention it on the show again. I have this hunching. This season, we've been getting this. No, a person couldn't have written a better storyline for this season, correct? The Hideki at the masters, uh, Phil coming back and winning a major. The stories are coming left and right. You know, you could, Jordan
0: Spieth being good again, which is huge
1: Spieth for golf. coming Rory winning again after going out of nowhere. Like every mm-hmm. single tournament, there's a storyline. The biggest storyline in golf right now is Brooks and Bryson, right? Mm-hmm. And everyone wants to see them paired together. And someone asking if if Brooks wanted to have that pair, because really they should have, because normally it's the last three winners, so it would have been Brooks, Bryson, and Woodland, but Brooks, uh, Bryson declined. But I'm laughing because I have this hunch that the final pairing on Sunday is going to be Brooks and Bryson, and they won't be able to decline that, because if you're the two leaders, you get paired together. There's no option. And then that's going to be the best television any golf has ever seen if those two get the final pairing at the U.S. Open uh, this weekend. I'm, I can't wait for that to happen.
0: Yeah, or like some sort of playoff, like we had with um oh, yeah. Rocco Mediate in Tiger Woods in 2008, last time we were at Torrey Pine South. So, um, no, I agree, you know. And I, I think I might have said that a few weeks ago too, not, not on this show, but, but just the idea that somebody the storylines are too good, you know. And it's like Brooks Kepka's next, right? I mean, I, I can't think of a better storyline, especially one that's been manufactured kind of by Brooks Kepka and Bryson. It just makes sense for one of those guys to win. And I gotta be honest. I don't know that you fully convinced me on Bryson, but I haven't been on Bryson at all this week. I'm starting to come around. So my problem with Bryson is, and and you're right when he's in the rough, fine with him, right? Because he's going to be better out of the rough than everybody else. So if everybody's missing fairways, Bryson's got the advantage. The problem is Bryson just hasn't been very good on approach lately. And so that's like sort of the issue I'm having, like whether he's in the fairway or the rough, he just hasn't been good on approach lately. However, the longer proximities if you look at the last 24 rounds if you look at 175 to 200 200 plus which are going to be very important here actually Bryson rates out really well it's funny because it's it's the smaller proximities it's like 75 to 125 and 125 to 150 that are giving him the problem which you would think was would be kind of like a layup but again this is all relative to the field and he's just not he's just not making his money there at all well you know why
1: i think that is and i could be wrong i'm just speculating I think that Bryson has so few shots that that distance because he's crushing the ball off the tee mm-hmm. that he, he's only getting ranked on a less amount of shots. So when he hits a couple good ones, his you know ranking skies up, where other guys probably take twice the amount of 2 yard shots. Which, when you're just taking nine shots that long, you're bound to miss a few, right? That's a difficult shot. And I think he just doesn't have to take it as many because he crushes the ball off the tee so far.
0: Yeah, and I, I mean – it's one of those things. It could just be an anomaly. I I do think I don't like this range at all. I mean, I like Rom. I I do agree. He's the safest play, but coming off what happened at Memorial, not him getting pulled out. uh, What I'm really referring to is how good he was at the Memorial and how hard this track is going to be. I just, I almost think it'll mess with his head a little bit. There's no way he's going to be remotely that good because nobody's going to be that good. And I just wonder if that sort of gets in his head on on a course like this. And it just, I don't know, I'm really going down narrative street a little bit. So I, I get that. But I think Rahm is the safest. I, I don't really like Jordan Speed too much here. DJ, not so much. Brooks, I hear you. Um, missing the cut last week d- doesn't really affect me. But but I got to say, I, I'm starting to come around on Bryson. Um, I think I would probably rank them John Rahm, Bryson Brooks, Kepka, and then DJ and Speith. And that's not because I hate Speed. It's just because these are five elite guys, and, and I think I, you know you, you have to you have somebody's got to be last. So no, no matter what I say, I could put Brooks laughing last, and people will laugh at me. I could put you know Dustin Johnson. You know it does. There's there's nothing I can do about that. So um, anything to say about about Jordan Speith though? Where, where are you at with him? Go ahead. I, I interrupted you though.
1: No, no, you're right. The one thing is yeah, he didn't make my player poll this week. Not because I don't like him. It was, like you said. You can't play everybody, it's, and I, I had to sacrifice him because of his price, and that's really it. If he was mm-hmm. $600, or $700 less, I probably would have him into my player pool, but I want to be balanced, and I can't get balanced with him, Rom, DeChambeau, because I just can't do it. Um, but one thing I am doing this week is like, we know the, of the cup, these golfers, the good players we do well here, so I'm almost picking this week. It's finding the middle tier guys, right? Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to sprinkle in a little bit more of these top guys here and there, probably less of these higher tier guys in my lineups. My high meat and potatoes are going to be the lower tier guys that I have my conviction on. And then I'm going to sprinkle the the top tier guys that I like here and there, hoping, you know, one of them, one of them hits.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I, you know, I think lineup construction is going to be kind of important here, especially in the bigger tournaments like that. I mean, single entry and three max, I think you can approach those the same way you, you always have. But I think in the bigger tournaments, I think it's safe to say that, you know, and we'll get to the 9K range right now. People are kind of in love with the 9K range for good reason, I think. And I think people are going to try to pick off one of those elite guys, one guy in the 9K range, or maybe they start in the 9K range. I'm not sure. But the point is where they're going to end up is in taking some chalk in that high 7K range and taking some guys in the low 7K range. Not when I say some, maybe it's just one, but, but I think the way the lineups are going to be constructed, you're going to try to really hit hard at the top. You might kind of pass over the 8K range a little bit. And then you're going to hit like the Abraham answers and the Paul Casey's, those quote free squares that people think are going to be free squares this week. And then boom, you go down to like 7,100 and you grab like a or 7,000, like a Charles Schwartzel or a or Stuart Sink or Ryan Palmer, you know, somebody. And we'll get to those. But I think that's the construction. It's a few guys up top. You skip over maybe the 8K range and you, you throw in the, 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 quote, safe 7K plays, which historically there's no such thing as a safe 7K play. Anytime Harold Varner is a, quote, safe 7K play, which he's not in this tournament, but I'm just saying uh, it's, it's never safe. And uh, th- there's a lot of guys that qualify there. Okay, so the 9K range. Listen, this is my this is my favorite range by far. I'll let you start and and I'll I'll tell you who I'll tell you who I like right off the bat, but without without any explanation, and then I'll come back and tell you. I think Rory's interesting. I think at that price, he's very, very interesting. Um, I like Colin. I like Hovland, as you might expect. I could go either way on Xander. I think he's going to be really popular. I'm not super interested in him. I do like Cantley quite a bit. So that's kind of who I'm looking at in the 9K range. I have a feeling you're going to talk about Rory. I have a feeling you're going to talk about Finau. And I have a feeling you might talk about maybe Xander or one of these two young guns I just mentioned. So go ahead.
1: So I, I, I am going to eventually talk about Finau, but Finau's in the 8K range, 8.9. So right on the edge. Uh, <laughs> right, 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 right. But um, for this week, you know, I'm, I'm, for the most part, you know, I'm not gonna have too much exposure to Rory this week. It's another one of those. There's just so many guys I like that uh, he just ends up being at the bottom tier. I don't I have no problem with Rory if you want to play him. I don't dislike it. Uh he just is kind of very at the bottom of my pool. I probably will have him in a few laps, but he won't be uh I won't be heavy on him. The guy that I like most here, and someone I, I really came around strong to this week recently, is Victor Hovland. Um, so Victor Hovland, you know, I saw some stats this week about you know, his, his putting and how he's done some, you know, turning around some trends with his thing. So I'm hoping, you know, that if that turns around weak putting, his ball striking and, and whatnot is as good as anybody in his elite. So I think he could rise to the top here. And I don't think, um, you know, he's not going to be low owned, but I don't think he's going to be the highest in this range. So you'll get him in a, you know, an average, an average ownership. Um, another flyer who, who I think is going to be really interesting, especially for GPPs this week is Justin Thomas? So Justin Thomas, it feels like no one's talking about, right? Justin Thomas is one of the best golfers You're in right. the world. You're Justin Thomas right. hasn't played well, but if you look at what happened in his last tournament, he lost nine strokes putting. That's an anomaly. He's not going to lose nine strokes putting again. Like that's that doesn't happen consistently. he's his iron play was good. He's striking the ball well. That's the consistency you want to look for. So if you just want to assume one of the best golfers in the world is going to just be find a little bit better putting, he's going to compete and. You know, normally if, if he wasn't coming off a little bit of a bad stretch, he would be a $1,000 more. Now, he's already in the 9000 so he already seems expensive. So that it kind of gets overlooked. But this is a guy who would have been a top three priced golfer any other week because he's a little bit of a cold streak. And, again, I'm going back to losing nine-strike putting isn't going to happen again. I think uh, I think the, the low ownership, the ball striking, I think he makes sense for GPP. So I like Thomas a lot this week uh, as, as a tournament play. And then my last play in this range uh, that I'm going to mention that I like is Shoffley. Uh, everyone knows the the statistics around Shoffley at majors. He tends to play better at majors. He plays up to the moment. He's a California guy out on the West Coast. He's familiar with Torrey Pines, uh, and he doesn't really have a weakness, right? He might not be the best at anything, but he definitely doesn't have any weaknesses. So on these tough courses, he should uh, he should be able to, to kind of keep it together and not implode or explode, or what have you.
0: Yeah, and Joel, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for laughing in the middle of that. But uh, the comments are pretty funny, I must say. Let's get to uh, just a couple of them real quick. This isn't the funny one, but um, appreciate that, William, very much. And then always interesting rationale. That's great. And then Isaiah, who's obviously one of our writers. And then here we go with Stephen, who's coming out with the ownership article tomorrow around six o'clock. See, his black shirt must be in the For the record... I haven't worn that black shirt because I—it's—it's it's Steven, it's Austin. These guys are always on me. It's been like at least five or six episodes that I haven't worn that. Uh, let's see. I thought he was going right. Uh, Joel's building a second closet to stuff money into. That's actually probably true. That that one directly yeah. behind him, and then Isaiah finishes with it's Sam and Tuesday. Everybody, thank you for watching, including the the Wind Daily writers. We appreciate you, uh, and we appreciate all the work. So let me let me get started with the nine K range real quick. I also love Hovland. Hovland rates out second in my model, which shouldn't be any surprise. He's he's 12th, last 24 rounds, 12th off the tee, 13th on approach. His putting is in the top 50, so that's not terrible. Around the green, he just gets better and better. That doesn't mean he's a lead around the green because he's absolutely not, but he's in that top 50-ish range. Um, those longer proximities that we talked about, really good. Top 10 in both. Um, you know, The one worry about Hovland, he, he does sometimes just have the blow-up hole. And I'm not, you know, I'm not just referring to like the one crazy one we remember we remember from like two and a half, three months ago. But there, there are times where Hovland just kind of loses it. I don't know if it's a concentration issue or something else, but you can't not play a guy because of a potential momentary lapse in concentration when you when you're looking at the metrics that I'm looking at. So I absolutely love him. I think that's a great play. Uh, I'm going to be on Colin Morikawa. Um, I probably like Hovland a little bit better, but I am going to be on Colin Morikawa. And I think the only other guy. Just Cantley, his U.S. Open track record really isn't very good. Um, and, you know, he, he is a West Coast guy. He should be comfortable on POA. His POA metrics don't jump out to me. But I, he is playing a lot better, too. I mean, he won the Memorial. I mean, that's kind of like an air quotes thing because he really came in second place behind your boy, John Rahm. But Cantley's in really good form prior to winning, prior to winning the Memorial. I hesitate to even say that. Um, I think he was 23rd in the tournament before that, which was actually quite an improvement from where he had been three and four tournaments before that. So I think those are going to be the guys I'm focused on. But I will say this. You're right. Justin Thomas and Roy McIlroy are not getting much attention. In that 9K range, I'm willing to put money on the fact that those two will be the lowest owned guys in the entire 9K range. Let me see. Am I, maybe Patrick Reed. Maybe Patrick Reed will come down. But right now, Patrick Reed is well above those guys. I just think when push comes to shove, people are going to start like playing Rory a little bit more. You know, like Wednesday night, they're going to start jamming him into lineups and, and stuff like that. But I, I, <laughs> if you make a lineup with Rory and Justin, or really if with just one of them, um, you are picking up leverage on everybody who's taking Xander because Xander is going to be really popular. Everybody who's taking Hoblin. Now, Hoblin's not going to be as popular as Xander, but he's going to be pretty popular. So is Colin and, and down the list. So I think Rory and Justin Thomas are really, really smart plays.
1: And I'll add to that. I think a lot of people are playing Reed because of his – because he won a tournament at this course earlier in the year. Um, But because it's it's – it's going to be like a different course. Um, With the U.S. Open running it, it's going to play completely differently. So I, I wouldn't even use that as course history because the way they set it up is going to look so and feel so much different. it. So I think he might be over-owned because people are going to see that and to say it's the same course. He won it, or he does really well here. But I think uh, that's, a, that's a false narrative.
0: Totally agree. Absolutely agree with that. Okay, so let's do the 8K range, and then we'll do one of the giveaways. We'll do one of the – um membership giveaways to win daily month long membership to new members only uh you know i I was going to say this too like for those of you that are listening that are actually already members to win daily i kind of feel bad like why why don't we have anything for them like so here's my promise to you those of you that are listening and thinking that same thing within the next month six weeks or so i personally i'm not even going to give this to to jason mizrahi to take on I'll, i'll do it myself I'll personally do something for you, What we'll, 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 we'll like Win Daily, or myself. will we'll pay for like a ticket, an entry to you know one of the contests, a thirty-three dollar single entry, or you know a twenty dollar you know single bullet into the one hundred and fifty max or whatever. And we can we can discuss that later um, among uh, Joel and I, but we'll definitely and, and Nick, but we'll definitely do that for the existing members because you guys have obviously um, I, have been have with us for some time. Go ahead.
1: for our existing listeners: we mm-hmm. should do a tournament for our listeners only with okay. us in it. Mm-hmm. The winner of that tournament will get the prize. If we win, they don't get anything. So you got to beat us. You got to
0: take us. Oh, down. that's good. Okay, yeah, yeah. We're gonna do that. That's actually a really good idea. I know Pickett, who's in our chat, has been setting up some of those free contests just to see how the subscribers measure up to the uh, to the writers, and uh, they measure up quite well. I think I, I haven't entered one of them yet, but I'm definitely entering this week. So yeah, we can we can set that up or get Pickett to set it up, and we'll we'll just go from there. That's actually a really really good idea, uh, Joel eight K range before we get to that, that membership, you know, I'm not necessarily in love with this range, which is why previously I said, well, maybe this range gets sort of like hopped over because people are trying to jam in the nine K guys. With that said, I think Tony Finau is interesting. Um, Webb Simpson, I'm normally on him, but he doesn't really seem like a good course fit. And on top of that, he's been dealing with injuries and the flu recently. And I just, it doesn't seem like a really good setup for him. Will Zalatoris is real solid. I just don't know if I'm going to be playing him this week. I don't know. I don't know that the upside is there. Like people think it is with a Will Zalatoris. Now I get to Scotty Scheffler and, and I start to think, and that's your guy. He, you, you were the first person on Scotty Scheffler. I'm talking like a year ago uh, in terms of like really consistently playing him. I've come around to Scotty Scheffler, and it's really because of the upside. I, I mean, he he really rates out. I mean, he he hits fairways for one. Um, he scores. I mean, this isn't going to be a scoring course, but he scores, and, and I just think Scotty is in really, really good form, has tremendous upside. As I go down the list, Berger I'm not super interested in, but I, you could probably convince me. On that one. Corey Connors, a uh, great ball striker. Then I get to Louis and I really like him. I mean, his U.S. Open history is uncharacteristically amazing. And I say uncharacteristically because he's not a long hitter. You just wouldn't think he'd be good here. He's great at majors in general. He's great at U.S. Opens. And his recent form is excellent. So I don't know how he doesn't become chalk. I mean, I'm looking at his projected ownership. It looks like it's going to be close to 20%. And I hate this phrase only because we don't have another one. We don't have a pivot from this play, this phrase, but like eating the chalk, like that's chalk you quote want to eat because it's, Louis has been that good. So, I mean, I think he's a cash game, not necessarily a cash game lock, but I, I definitely think you want to play him in your cash game. So long story short, I like Scheffler and Louis the most. I think you could probably convince me on Connors, Berger, and Finau. I'm not interested in anyone else, including Will Zalatoris. What say you? So I think, actually, we have a bit of a different
1: take on this. I like this range. I think you can mm-hmm. be balanced, a lot of guys in the 8K range. Again, so one of my strategies this week is just I'm looking for upside. I guess one knows I'm playing GPPs. I'm going for the big ticket. So, which guys right, have the capabilities of playing tournament winning golf? And there mm-hmm. are some guys here that may not be the best course fits, but they have the upside and more upside than I think we're going to find in the 7K range. So, I'm going to kind of rip off. I actually like this range quite a bit. So, I'm going to ro- roll through it a little bit. He now, I mean, his is. His, uh reputation speaks for itself. He's not probably not gonna win the tournament. We know that. Mm-hmm. But you know, top 10 top five is very much a reality for him. And at this price, you can build balance rosters doing that. I love, I think someone who's getting very overlooked this week is Hideki. Now we've been mm-hmm. mentioning Hideki a lot on the show. The ball striking's there, and when he got back from winning the masters, he went back uh home and, and then he came returned. And he kind of said, I haven't been practicing, I'm not in the best form. But he came back and he was still striking the ball great. And now he's probably getting that form back right now. He's been playing back on, on the state side for a while. Uh, he's probably knocked off some of that rust from partying and celebrating. Um, and he'll he'll have you know the the distance, the length to compete here. He usually does well on tougher courses. So if we can get him at a lower ownership, I think that could be really interesting. Another one that I think will be not as highly owned as some of the other guys is Webb Simpson. Right? So I think a lot of people are going to be turned off by Webb because he doesn't have the driving distance. And people are going to think, you have to be long to play here. But Webb's going to hit fairways. He's going to be really strong around the green. And let's not forget, right? any other tournament, Webb Simpson is 9.6, 10K. Now you're getting him in the 8K range. So think about yeah. balance you want to build. If you want to kind of throw in, you know, one 9K, a few 8K, you can really get down with a lot of upset playing him. Um, additionally... I think I do like burger uh, burger into me is, is the, is the, you know, worst version of the junior version of Xander, right? They have no weaknesses. Uh, they can do everything pretty well. I think on a really tough course, he should be able to navigate it pretty well. And at this price, I think we're getting a bargain. And then the last, oh, I think uh, you're, I definitely aligned with you on that one. I think uh, he's underpriced here. So I think this is just a really good value. But the last one that you didn't mention in this range of, that, I, that I like, I think is a, another interesting play, is Cameron Smith. Right? Cameron Smith got on a little bit of a cold streak. I think people stopped playing him for a while, and kind of fell off people's radar. Let's not forget, Cameron Smith's upside. The amount of top tens he has this season at a flat 8K uh, in a U.S. Open, we can really help our roster construction. So I love Cameron from that standpoint. And also, he gained stroke putting on these greens, and he's a great putter. So if we can get another putting advantage he can be the best putter in this field. and. You know as long as he gets to the green, you know, and he's sick in putts, that could be the difference. And of course, it's playing super difficult.
0: Yeah, Cam Smith is interesting. I mean, you mentioned three guys in particular that you, you do have to kind of reassess this to some degree. When you look at a Webb Simpson, I don't care what the tournament is, when you look at a Webb Simpson and you look at a Daniel Berger and you look at a Cam Smith and they're 8,700, 8,400, and 8,000 flat, it's like whoa. And then you look at the ownership percentages. And they're all under ten percent. Uh, I mean, yeah, they're right now. They're all under ten percent. Cam Smith is like bordering on five percent right now. So, you know, I'm not saying you have to play all three, but like these are how you win, whether it's single entry or or a bigger tournament. You know, having a, a Webb Simpson or a Berger or a Cam Smith pop off is super realistic, and you're get and you're getting the value. You know, and so the the reason I say it like that is because normally we're looking at like a guy at like seventy three hundred, be like, oh, this guy's Major leverage. Not many people even know who this guy is. Like, and, and that guy's like six or eight percent, maybe, or or you know five percent. Well, you're getting that in the eight k range with guys that are normally like mid nine k, sometimes like close to ten k. I mean, Berger when when he was thought of as elite, which wasn't that long ago, you know, was in the high nine ks, and Webb's always been there. So Cam Smith never really gets the respect because. It feels like smoke and mirrors with him in terms of like how he gets from point A to point Z. But with that said, this is the perfect tournament for him perhaps because that short game, to the extent we feel like it's really important, okay, well enter Cam Smith, enter guys like Louie. Like these guys can navigate these tough courses and get up and down way better than most of these other guys. So that's super interesting. I hadn't even, I mean, I'd thought about Daniel Berger the most of those three that I just mentioned. I hadn't even considered Cam Smith. And, and now I feel like I, I kind of have to, notwithstanding that the metrics aren't going to look as good as like, you know, a Scotty or a Louie, for example. Super interesting. Okay, so let's see. I don't know who's who's in the chat. If you are in, if you are a new member and you were in the chat, first of all, if you're not a new member and you, you get a membership, unfortunately, like the accounting department, like they like immediately know because they try to give a, a new subscription and it's like the same person. So you, you can't do that. So if you're a new member and, and you're still in this chat, I'm going to ask a question and you probably won't know the answer to it. But just say a number anyway. This is going to be closest to the pin. I'm not really worried about anybody being even close to the answer, but but I do want I do want a person to at least guess. And here's the question. For anybody who's not currently a Wind Daily subscriber, I want you to answer the following question. How much at the at the 2020 memorial how much did at Draft Master Flex lose? How much money did he lose? This is Joel here. As a result of the two-shot penalty that Rom was assessed on the par 316th, how much money did he lose? And we don't have to, we don't have to wait for the answer. When the answer. When the answers come in, I'll, I'll assess all of them over the next couple of minutes and then we can kind of go from there. But just guess a number, a dollar, a million, somewhere in between that, and uh, we'll go from there. Joel, speaking of going from there the 7K range. This is a pretty big range. Um, I'm thinking, especially when you get to the low 7K range, I'm thinking, let's go down from 7,900 to 7,500. And tell me who you like in that range, and then we'll pick it up at 7,400 and just try to round out the rest of the 7K range.
1: Yeah. So as you mentioned earlier, this range does feel like there's going to be a lot of chalk. Uh, there's a lot of people looking at a lot of the same guys uh, mm-hmm. but I think that's how we're gonna get different we might you know maybe your strategy is to find ways to get different in the 8K or 9k range so um you know the start of it's Paul Casey I like Paul Casey uh he's been playing great all year um there's not you know for at this price you know you're gonna need to play some of these guys to make the mm-hmm. lineups work so he's mm-hmm. certainly well fit into there. But the two guys I like most in the range are right next to each other here, and it's Answer and Fitzpatrick. And the main reasons being they both, you know, if they were both 8600 no one would have blinked an eye. Right? That makes sense. And they, you know, you're getting that $700 in salary savings. Um, and, you know, it just, it's all the upside, right? You're not going to get, I just don't see the same upside out of Sam Burns or Tommy Fleetwood as, as you do those two guys. So, um, for GPPs especially, I like them a lot. And then uh, I also, and I, everybody's on him, and it's obvious he's playing great. Shane Lowry, he's probably underpriced. You know, Shane Lowry is known to play really well in these types of tournaments. Uh, he's known to play well in difficult courses. His current form is outstanding. Uh, he just makes a lot of sense. A lot of people are going to be on him, but at this price, I, I just, I just think he makes a lot of sense. I'm going to be very heavy on him. And the last one in this range, the uh, last two in this range, I'm going to mention. Jason Cockrack, who, you know, as of right now, I'm not sure it will end up this way by tomorrow. But as of right now, happens to be the highest owned golfer I have in my rosters. Um, combination of things where I, you know, I like I said earlier, I'm playing heavy this range, and I'm gonna disperse the up top guys more. So this mm-hmm. is the range that I'm to really trying to attack and say these are the guys that are gonna be in the winning lineups. And you know, am I gonna be able to pick exactly who's gonna win over Brooks, Kepka? And, you know, JT, I don't know. But I I think if these guys are in there, I'll have enough mix of those guys to make a difference. Um, And then lastly, another guy that I haven't heard too many people talking about this week, another one I just think it's a misprice is Joaquin Neiman. Joaquin Neiman is someone who should be pretty uh, safe in terms of distance. Um, He he should grade out well. His form isn't the best. He's been in better form. But at 7,500, this is another guy who could have been in the 8K range. He has that same upside. Uh, and we're getting a nice discount on on this week.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I get the Neiman thing. I don't think I can come around to him because he just hasn't really put it all together. But again, when you see him at 7,500, it's like, oh, okay. Because if he was 8,100, you'd be like, oh, that makes sense. 8,100 makes sense, even yeah. in this field. So I totally get that. I'll, I'll tell you, I like Casey in answer too. I, I don't think I'm going to be on Fitzpatrick in spite of the fact that he plays really well on difficult courses. I, I've, you know, we talked about this in Discord yesterday in the Wind daily PGA Discord. Um, between Casey and Answer, I actually like Casey a little bit better than Answer in terms of just the entire rating. I mean, it's funny, they come up, they come back to back in my model, and, and they're both really high up there in the top 10. But I like what the one problem with Answer that I see the proximity from 200 plus is pretty bad, and Casey's is actually really good. And I'm pretty sure, and I'm looking now, yeah, around the green. Answers way worse than Casey. So listen, I'll be the first to tell you, I hate the fact that I'm going to be like heavy on Paul Casey. I've never really been a Paul Casey backer, but he seems to make sense here. And and his history is really good. Just his U.S. Open history is is good. Recent history is very good. And the rating, I mean, in my model, like, you know, off the tee isn't great. You know, the the three-putt avoidance, that could be better. His putting could be a little bit better but there's really nothing terrible on this on these metrics when it comes to Paul Casey, whereas I can at least find some issues with answer that would lead me to believe, well, yeah, it's possible this guy might miss the cut. So yeah, I, I like them both, but I like Casey better. The only other guy, there's two maybe three guys I want to talk about. You talked about Kokrak. I don't necessarily need to go there again. I like Jason Kokrak a lot. He was the first outright I put out there. I think I got him at 80 to one. Uh, he's a little bit lower now, but off the tee, he's great. He's top 10, last 24 rounds on approach. He's top 20, last 24 rounds. He really has nothing that he doesn't do well. That proximity, 175 to 200, 200 plus, grades out well there. Around the green, he's not excellent, but he's good. He's He's probably average in the field. Um, gets it in the fairway more often than not, can get really hot with the putter. I like Jason Kokrak a lot, but the leverage plays I wanted to just to address real quick. It doesn't look like former champion Gary Woodland's going to have a ton of ownership, although it is climbing a little bit. And it definitely doesn't look like Sam Burns is going to get him. Neither Sam nor Gary Woodland are going to get over 10%. I, I wish they were closer to 5%, but it looks like they're going to be like 8 to 9%. I think that's pretty good leverage off of your Abraham Answers, off of your Paul Casey's, who are going to command somewhere between 15 and 20%. And by the way, Jason Kokrak is too. From an ownership standpoint, it's going to go Paul Casey, Abraham Answer, and Jason Kokrak in that 7,900 to 7,500 range, and they're all going to be you know, really popular. And so if you can pivot off of them, don't pivot off them the entire, you know, for all your tournaments, play them if you like them. But for some of the tournaments, if you pivot off of them and play a Sam Burns or play, by the way, Shane Lowry, I should have mentioned him. He's going to be really popular too. He's, he's, he's right up there with with um, Paul Casey. So it's Shane Lowry, Paul Casey, Jason Kokrak, and Abraham Answer. Those are your top four guys that are owned and they're all going to be probably between 16 and 20% owned. So just know that going in, you can still play them in cash. You can still play them in your single entries. Just know that you're not catching up too much to the field or or overcoming the field if, you know, 20 to 25% have them. So just just keep that in mind. Uh, I do like Burns as a a pivot. I think Sung Jae is an interesting pivot because nobody is looking at him. His ownership is crazy, crazy low, Uh, but Neiman is also relatively low as well, as is Sergio Garcia. Okay, so before I get to the 7,400 and below range, we have a couple guesses here that are actually pretty good, but it turns out Looks like we have a tie. So we're going to have to break the tie between two players who were on the right track with their guesses. Joel, you can see these comments in the chat, right? Yep. Um, okay. So we're going to have a tiebreaker here. And by the way, we'll give out another membership at the end of the show when we do outrights and first round leaders. Okay. So, loyal listener of the show uh, has a really good guess here. And, you know, I don't know, maybe Aaron saw the, you know, TYCs. I'm not really sure how that works, but you're both wrong, but you're both close. So I think you're both uh, non-members, which so you qualify. Both of you, right now, give a give another answer, and one of you is going to be closer than the other, and then we can go from there. And the winner of that's going to get the uh, the membership. Oh, and then we have. Oh, this is funny. I have to. <laughs> this this is actually. It's fair, equal distance apart. <laughs> well, you think. just answered it for him, though. I just gave you the biggest. Hit. Yeah. So, okay. So, next person in with another guess. Uh, let's let's hear it. Let's see what you got. Um, okay. So, the seventy four hundred, and we'll we'll um we'll give out the winner after the seven k range. The seventy four hundred and below range is is pretty interesting. I mean, Brian Harmon, not a not a long hitter, but if you're into ball strikers, I mean, I guess that makes sense. I'm not on them. Adam Scott's getting some popularity because. He's good. He's good here. Uh, I'm, again, not a guy I'm on. As you go down the list, I think Harris English is interesting. Um, A guy I do first cut with, uh, Greg Ducharme, was was really interested in Harris English. He had a really good reason outside of the fact that he was good last week. Harris English had a back injury for some time, which is why he was so bad for, like, so many tournaments in a row. And I guess Harris just disclosed it last week when he was talking to reporters, which is really frustrating, by the way, because I don't know why golfers would not be incentivized to just talk about what's bothering them. Like, what am I missing here, Joel? Like why, like for, for the integrity of the game and and for the betters, like shouldn't we have some sort of injury disclosure?
1: You know what? I don't buy it. He was not playing well and instead of just admitting that he was not in good form and he wasn't playing well, he's making up, maybe his back was tight. He was
0: fine. If he was really injured, we would have known about it. I don't (laughs) buy it. I think he's just making it up as an excuse. But the, but the metrics don't, don't me- measure. I mean, it, he, he was so bad and this is a really good ball striker. So I think he's interesting at, at approximately, you know, 5% ownership. As I go down the list, I won't talk about too many of these guys. I'm just going to kick it to you. Uh, you know, I think Max home is interesting. Garrett Higo is interesting. He happens to be a long hitter. It's not just that he won last week and he's won a ton on the Euro tour. He's also a long hitter, which is obviously going to help. The other guys I'm interested in here are Stuart Sink, Charlie Hoffman, Ryan Palmer and Charles Swartzel. So I'm going to kick it over to you, uh, Joel. Who do you like in this uh, low lower 7K range?
1: So th- I think this this range is where we get interesting. I I, I do have some plays down here. This is pr- kind of pretty much where my 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 pool ends. I might have one or two guys in the 6K, but that's about it. I actually like Brian Harmon a lot. Uh, Brian Harmon, I'm bu- I'm going to play. A lot. I think again, it goes back to people are going to be overplaying distance. He doesn't have that distance. We know that, but there's other areas where he really excels. I should do him a lot really well here. He's one of the best around the green players in the game. His current form has been outstanding. I mean, he's been playing great recently. The one tournament he missed the cut, he barely missed it. His ball striking was great. He just missed putts that week, which is not like him. He's a good putter. So I'm going to give that to him as an outlier. And the, the kind of driving force that really got me to him this week is he grades out really well on difficult courses. So if we're getting a guy at this low who tends to rise to the occasion on these tough courses, that's what we're going to get this week, I think, at this price. He could be a, a nice difference maker for us. Now, as we scroll down during this range, you know, Harris English I, I've been looking at, um, you know, he was good last week. He's one of those guys that does – he's like a course specialist. There's certain courses where he just really excels. I'm not sure if he's found form or if it was just one of those courses for him that he liked last week. So I'm still, I'm still undecided on Harris English. So we'll have to get back to him on that one. I, I do like Max Ulmer. Uh Max Ulmer is one of the guys down here that I have a bit of exposure to. Um Garrett Hegel is, is someone that, that I'm gonna go to. I mean, he's proven his upside. He's won a ton on the European tour. He knows he can compete. I just think he he might be, you know, one of those guys that like maybe he is as good as you know in and, and some of those other South Africans who have really, you know, became those big time names. I think he's going to be eventually, if he's not yet, but he has been winning a ton this year. So maybe he's just underpriced and we I mean it's just this is the tournament or the year that we're all finally gonna come a, around to him uh and so with that being said i think at this number i'm just curious what his final ownership will look like because he did win the last tournament so are people going to see that and say at this price that they want to play him or are people more like he's not one of the big names he can't compete i don't know so i'd like to see what that final number does look like on him um
0: go ahead no i was gonna say it's it's Growing um, because I, you know, he is he is in really good form, not just from last week. So he, it looks like he's going to be in probably the 10 to 11% range, is my guess. So that, that's not a super high number, but when you're talking about a guy that's 7,200, that's a pretty high number. So Max Homa is also going to be really popular, which is actually really surprising to me. He looks like he's trending towards like 14, 15%. The other guys that are commanding a lot of ownership in this low 7K range, Charlie Hoffman's over 10%, which totally makes sense, right? I mean, he's striking the ball so, so well. The one watch out for Charlie Hoffman if this does become kind of a short game fest, and I understand that's very counterintuitive because we're talking about being long off the tee and and all and all that stuff. But if if around the green game and putting really factors into it, Charlie can have a problem there, uh, especially the last twenty four rounds around the green doesn't rate. It's not. Absolutely tragically awful, but it's not good either. So, those are things to keep in mind. But at 7,200, I mean, I, I certainly like Charlie Hoffman. Was there anybody else? Did I cut you off? Was there anybody else you wanted to kind of refer to in this
1: race? Well, yeah, Charlie Hoffman was going to go to next. So, I agree with you. He's, he's definitely a value at this price. Um, a guy I'll mention, more of a flyer, Brandon Grace. Brandon Grace has been playing really well recently. He's been showing really good form. I don't think he'll be very highly owned. So, it could be someone that you could use to get different. Uh, but so uh, the two guys down here at the bottom of this range that I like a lot are um, Matt Wallace, who's seen strong form this season. Uh, we've seen him, you know, really pop in some tournaments at seventy one hundred. You're to get him a better value than that. And Carlos Ortiz. Carlos Ortiz is coming mm-hmm. off a, a round where he's had the best ball striking numbers, you know, probably he's ever had. Um, if he's continuing that form coming into this week. Uh, you know, he, he should be able to compete. And you know he's got a good short game and around the game. That that all should be fine for him. You know, he is prone to blowing up. I wouldn't overexpose yourself to him, but I think if you want to find a, a way to get different at GPPs, he could certainly be one of your flyers. And the last one as another flyer to throw out there at the bottom of the range is Ryan Palmer. You know, you know he's a fan of our our show. It's someone we yeah. always talk about, Ryan Palmer. You know, he's a guy that we've seen have, what was it, two months ago? He was priced at like 10 k and we were like, What? We can't play Ryan Bomber in 10K? Now, obviously, that was a different tournament than this. It's hard to compare those two things. But the point is, he's someone that does have that upside. He does someone that, that can compete with the big dogs if he puts it all together. Now, his form hasn't been the best recently, admittedly. But if he does have a week where he puts it together, he is someone that can compete.
0: I will say this, uh, Eric Kay, friend of the show um, from cbssports.com, you just missed the Carlos Ortiz take. Okay. So uh, I'll just wrap it up for you. You literally came in like 10 seconds after he was done with it. Uh, he really likes Carlos Ortiz and likes his recent form and thinks he can pop. So Carlos Ortiz, and it looks like Ivan really likes that play as well. Um, I got a yes or no for you on two guys, and no, on one guy. I'm going to say the name Kevin Streelman. Are you going to say yes or no? Yes, small. Yes, small. Okay, that's what I thought you'd say. I, again, another good ball striker. He's certainly not long, but he's probably going to keep it in the fairway, and he's coming in with really good form. Okay, so here, here we go. This is the moment, one of the two moments we've been waiting for. So later in the show, we're going to give out another free month-long membership to all of Win Daily, sports betting, DFS, all of that. But we do have a winner. So here's the thing, I had to put my legal hat on here a little bit, okay. because it, it really was between, it was between TYC, it was between Todd, who who did come in a little late, and then who was the other one? It was, was it, oh, it was uh, Ivan, maybe? It was Aaron. I don't know. Oh, it was Aaron, Aaron Glick, that's right. Okay, so, and then... You kind of gave the answer away. And after that, somebody else came in. A fourth person came in and actually gave the right guess. But I, I can't count that because you literally gave the answer <laughs> away. So the only people that were involved were Aaron, TY, at least in this first one, Todd and, and TYC. TYC actually, it looks like, I'm scrolling up, it looks like came in with the right answer. And since he was eligible as one of the three, uh, free month-long memberships. For, and I, I'm, I'm so apologized because I've uh, privately messaged him and I know his name and I forgot it. And you are the winner. If you could, you already have my information. So just tweet me, uh, message me your, uh, your information, your name, and uh, we'll go from there. And uh, you'll have a month-long membership that's access to all of our articles, all the projection models, uh, Discord 24-7 across all sports. Uh, this is going to be... Um, a really fun month for you, hopefully, unless unless we crash and burn, Rachel. Right,
1: well, let me get this straight. You listen to our show, you take our picks, you make money, you get a free membership, you get more picks, you make more money.
0: Yeah, that's pretty much the routine. That's uh that's what we're selling, basically. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I will I do have to like plug us a little bit. If you follow <laughs> us on Wind Daily Sports, holy cow, like Joel, I know you're not like super like like Twitter ish. But I'm on Twitter a lot. And our ML, like golf team did really well, especially on Sunday. Um, I, I had some Gary Kigo plays. I came in second, uh, almost had an outright in a showdown. But our MLB team and NBA team, they keep posting these like thousands and thousands of And it's not just our writers. It's like the s- subscribers, too. So there is um, there's a lot to be said for like all of these sports and discord in particular, the optimize the projection model. Uh, we got a question here. Is this a sneaky Todd father opportunity? Joel, what say you about Brandon Todd?
1: I, I can see where you would get to him, right, because he's really accurate off the tee. He should be able to make a lot of fairies, which will be good here. He's just not good enough to compete with the big bucks. Uh, there's too many. Like, if it's one of those tournaments where there's, like, four or five of the big names and then, like, everyone else is kind of like, you know, then Ryan Palmer's 8.8K, then, yeah, those are the tournaments you tie, you, you kind of go after the tie father because he can kind of sneak in there. There's just – when, you know, when Simpson's 8.7, when Cam Smith is 8, there's just too many names. He's just I just don't think his game is there.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. He he has like come on lately, but that doesn't like his long irons really aren't going to be that good. They've been horrific the last 24 rounds, but even if you like break it down to the last 12, last 8 rounds, 175 to 200, 200 plus where he's going to need part of that game, he he, he literally doesn't have it. Like it's just not going to it's not going to happen for him. I would be actually surprised if he makes the cut. Oh, here's another question. Um what do we know about Wilco? So this is uh, Wilco Ninabar, the South African who did quite well last week. Um, Joel, do you have an opinion on him? Are, are you playing him at all? I do, actually. I So this, that's an interesting
1: question. He, up until like two hours ago, he was one of the, one of the last guys in my player pool. I was playing him. Uh, and then I got to my senses and realized that he had a good week in the JV tournament last week with like three good golfers, and he's got 15th place. And for him to compete with this week is going to need to be a miracle. And he can bomb it, and even if he's the best driver this week, I still don't think it's going to be enough for him to compete with the rest of this field. So I came off of him as about two hours ago. But early in the week, I actually was going to play him because he's one of the biggest bombers Going to, even in this tournament. He, he can kill the ball, but it's just not enough. This is going to play so hard. He, he's going to need more, and I just don't think he has it.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. It, it's the same reason I would never roster like a cam champ. It's like, yeah, he can crush the ball, but what what happens after that? And and if you know, he doesn't have a lot of PGA tour stats, but if you look at what he's done on the Euro Tour just in let's say May and March, 137th. That's like his finishing place. 94th, 28th, 64th, 33rd. So this is on the Euro Tour just this year, where like the finishing positions are either missed cut or a very pedestrian finish. So it's kind of like smoke and mirrors, I think, at the Palmetto, especially with that talent pool versus the talent pool. I'd be actually like kind of shocked if he made the cut. Now, will he be good in a couple of years? Maybe, uh, but definitely not right now. I mean, I definitely would rather play a, a Garrick Higo, that's for sure.
1: I was going to say, with Higo, we're hesitant because we're like, well, who is he playing? Is this real in this field? And like Higo has – been the best player on that tour. And then he came here and won a tournament and we're still like, is it real? Should we do it with him? It's like he had one decent week in a bad dorm here and it was like barely top 15. It wasn't winning it. So it's like, I just, if you're, if you're not, if you're going to play, Wilco, go, then you should be fully sold on Hickok.
0: You know, what's funny is, is eric i happen to know is in a live draft right now and so he probably has just uh, like he's he's at towards the end of the rope and he probably just has like a few guys that he can really choose from so that's why the todd father and wilco is very selfish of him to just hijack the show like that uh but uh (laughs) we always uh we always appreciate guys like eric jumping in uh very much so so let's get to the 6k range joel uh there's not much listen this is not the tournament to dive into the 6K range. I don't know, I don't care if it's a single entry or if it's 150 max, this isn't where you wanna swim. However, there are some fish in the sea, if you will. And there's at least a few guys that I would consider. But before I say who those are, Oh, by the way, for like we, we know we have the membership for TYC. We're giving out another membership. And once we get to the outrights and first round leaders, which is probably in like five or six minutes. So hang tight. This is going to be, again, for new members, not existing members. We're doing something different for existing members in a few weeks. Uh, new members, definitely hang on. While you're waiting and while you're listening to us at the 6K range, if you're already on our YouTube page, please hit the subscribe button and please hit the like button. Please make sure you subscribe to our YouTube page. If you're not watching this on the YouTube page, go to the YouTube page, type in Windaily Sports, and boom, there we are, hit subscribe. You get access to everything we do, which you'll see is quite a bit, literally every single day we have shows at noon. We have shows at five, we have shows like this in the evening. We set up the entire slate, both DFS and sports betting. So check us out and definitely follow us at Wind Daily Sports. Okay, the 6K range, Joel, who do we like, if anybody?
1: So here's what I do wanna say. If you are gonna play someone on the 6K weight page, play one
0: guy. Do
1: not like what I don't want people to do this week is try and cram in three or four top guys and then just kind of deep dive to the bottom and try and skip these. Those guys aren't going to make cuts. You're going to get hurt. This is not the week to do that. So you try and be more balanced. Try not to, if you want to dive in, maybe take one flyer, fine, but that's it. Don't don't try and you know, jam in on the top guys and then balance it with flyers on it because most of these guys won't make the cut this week. It's going to be too hard. There's too many big names. This is not the week to do that. With that being said. There's literally one guy currently in my player pool in the mm-hmm. 6 grade range, and there's maybe one other I'll consider. Other than that, I'm not touching the entire range. So the first guy I'll mention who um, is not in my player pool yet, but I'll consider, is Adam Hadwin. Uh, mm-hmm. Hadwin's been playing well. I think if it's one of those weeks where you want to rely around the short game to kind of just kind of keep you around par. He could compete in that type of a tournament because he's got a great short game. His ball striking has been better. So if you want to consider him at, at, at – what is his price again? Um He was like six point nine or six point eight. I could get around to that. That would be fine. Six point seven. So that's Mm that's a good price for him too. So he can help you make some things interesting. The other is six point five. So he's actually really affordable. And it's like the probably the guy I like most in the six k range is Brandon Steele. This is a guy who has a top team at the U.S. Open in the past. Um, He's you know a lot of his metrics actually speak well for for this course and how it should be designed. So if you want to take another flyer on a guy that you know, I don't think he has too much upside. But like I said, if you have a lineup with a bunch of the top guys that are maybe one, two, three, and he gets you somewhere around 15, which is more realistic for him, um, then that could be a winning lineup as well.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, I have a few guys as well, and I'm not super confident really about any of them. But one guy I want – there's a couple guys I want to mention that really nobody's ever heard of. And I like trying to find those plays if if they're – like I don't want to just throw out a name. Nobody's ever heard of because it's like, oh, look, look at the smart guy who who happens to know like this random dude. No, like obviously they have to be like backed by something. So let me throw out two guys that most people don't know. Cameron Young. Cameron Young is a golfer on the Corn Ferry Tour. Which, for the record, the Corn Ferry Tour, the margins between the best guys in the Corn Ferry Tour and some of the average to to below average guys on the PGA Tour, those margins are smaller than you think. Cam Young in May. Won back-to-back Corn Ferry Tour tournaments. So we're talking literally a month ago. He didn't win just—he didn't just win one tournament. He won the tournament right after that one tournament. And there is something to be said. Just like what we talked about with Gary Kigo, who won two European Tour tournaments just a couple months ago, and we're like, "Wow, that's pretty impressive." Like just to be able to close two tournaments—that's impressive. Well, Kim Young's doing that on the Corn Ferry Tour, which is just as impressive. So this is a guy that's in the 6K range and has legitimate upside and has the legitimate ability to play well on Saturday and Sunday. What we know about these 6K guys is, you know, sometimes we celebrate them making the cut Friday night, and then it's like plus five on Saturday, and then it's plus 11 on Sunday or something crazy, and it's like, wow. I actually would have been better off with a five out of six because they, they literally just had bogeys and and pars and they they almost made me no point. So you, you want guys that at least have the ability to close. So I transitioned from Cam Young to Richard Bland. By the way, Cam Young's 6,800. Uh, Richard Bland, I, I believe, is also 6,800. Um, maybe he's 6,600. Richard Bland, he plays on the European tour and he's been really good. His last three starts on the European tour, 27th, First and third, not in that order. I, I I did that for a reason, but it's really third, first, 27th. But the point is, he's been really, really good. And this is a guy on the European tour. It's a different talent level. But again, a guy that can close, a guy that can top five there, I assume can make a cut and continue to score points on a Saturday and Sunday. So I think that's a guy that at least, because that's what you're looking for. You're looking for upside and the ability to play well on Saturday and Sunday. And these guys can absolutely do that. I will say this about Cameron Young, though, speaking of closing, he played two tournaments in June as well, and he didn't finish so well. Um, I believe he made the cut in both, but his Sundays were really bad in both. But the other three days were really good, so it was just two blow up rounds, and he ended up finishing really poorly. But the point is, that's four cuts in a row he made on the Corn Ferry Tour, and two of those four cuts he made the he uh, he won the tournament outright. The last couple guys I'll mention, I don't want to go too deep into them. Lonto Griffin and Jonathan Vegas, I think. And by the way, I do like the Brandon Steele call. I think that's an interesting call. I think he's kind of in a range where you're like, oh, maybe he's a little underpriced. But Vegas played really well last week. He can hammer it off the tee, which is great. The problem is his short game is kind of hilarious sometimes, and that really could get him into trouble here. So putter around the green it's not going to be great unless he just happens to be having a good day but I do think there's some upside but a tremendous amount of volatility with Jonathan Vegas he is playing quite well lately though you know his finishing positions lately the last few tournaments have been really good Lonto Griffin's just one of those guys you know he he's a good player um his short game is also pretty weak so you know you get what you pay for you you hope to have you know some decent days from him from a short game standpoint but I think he's a decent play outside of that I don't think there are any six K guys that I would I would feel comfortable. Um, there's a guy in the chat that mentioned Taylor Pendrith. Uh, I'm not going to be on him. I've looked at him. I, I just don't think he's a, a great golfer at this point, and so it's just not at least not in this tournament. I don't think he's going to make the cut, so it's not going to be for me. But um, thanks for the comment there, Joel. Any any reaction to any of the six K guys?
1: Yeah, I'll add to. I think the point you made on Vegas is good. One, his form is good, I'm not on Vegas this week mainly because. The course difficulty. I think it's too. He's too prone to blow up one day and knock him out of it. But if you, I I think you made some good points. So Vegas, I like a lot in showdown. If you're playing showdown this week, he's a good guy to target for one days because you know if he hits, he can definitely have a really good day. I'm just worried that he might have one really bad day too. Yeah,
0: that makes sense. Um, We got a nice comment here from Bobby. Appreciate that. Optimizer Prime. Yeah, we've seen you in Discord. Um, Appreciate that. Yeah. So. A lot of the guys in Discord, they're really just asking a ton of questions. And sometimes we're not there right away. But for the most part, you know, we have like six or seven writers that are, that are in that PGA chat. So usually someone's there, if not all of us are there um, quite a bit, especially on Tuesday and Wednesday. We're kind of all diving in and over the weekend for Showdown, which, Joel, you, uh, you killed it on Showdown for me. You know, part of the reason I came in second, I basically took your picks and I threw in Higo. And I came in second out of like a thousand or something and won, you know, close okay. to a thousand bucks, just on a $33 single entry showdown. And then I had two outrights on Higo that I made live on Sunday morning. And so that was fun to hit both of those. Okay, right. so, uh,
1: go ahead. On Thursday night outright on Higo and the first night I saw him competing right. and I was like, dude, if this guy's competing this week I'm gonna throw something in there and I, and I hit that too. So we had a pretty good week uh, last week just on the outright market.
0: That's awesome. That is awesome. Uh, okay, so here we go. We have outrights to talk about and first-round leaders. Joel, what do we think? What uh, Do you have outrights? Do you have first-round leaders? You know
1: to start? Let's start in the outright
0: market. Okay. You the want me to go, this or are you? Week,
1: I'll start. Um, okay. For our and, and if you listen to the show, you know, C and I say this all the time. Uh, if you like one of the favorites, it's maybe not as much value to bet them before the tournament, when you can probably just bet them live if they're in, like, 15th place. The odds won't be that much different. At least you'll know they're in the tournament and how they're playing. As the thing in the now, they have a bad day and you're out of it, and it's a wasted bet. So if you're going to take one of the top 10 to 15 guys, anything under 20 to 1, I would likely just wait, make sure they're in it. And then you can bet it Friday or Saturday, and you probably won't get that much worse of odds then anyway. Uh, so for now, if you want to start looking now right tickets that you'll need to have now to have value, guys to look at, I'll start with Paul Casey, 45 to 1. You know, this is a guy we know he's going to compete. Uh, I probably like him more a bit as like a top 10 market. Um, Another one I just think is a little bit underpriced here is Hideki at 46 and a half to one. You know, to think he's going to win the Masters and then also the U.S. Open, maybe a stretch. But I mean, we're just looking for value here. And I just think, you know, based on his price, his DraftKings price versus his outright market, I think he's a little bit, there's value to be had. Um, And then the last one, you know, just to have some fun and, you know, it would be pretty ridiculous if he did win. But why not Higo at 75 to 1? You know, he he's proven he can win tournaments. Uh, he's the biggest question mark to me because, you know, his upside is really high. But, like, he just isn't proven. So it's like you know he can do it. Uh, but, you know, again in this field, it, it would be something. If he does, then I'd be impressed. But if you want to take an outlier at 75 to 1, I think he's the guy to, to
0: look at. I like that. I like that quite a bit. Okay. So, oh, by the way, we we have, <laughs> Joel, we have controversy. So I'm going to, I'm going to settle this. Uh, we have the membership to TYC. We're going to do another membership, maybe right after we do the outrights, so right before first round leaders, we're going to, we're going to give out another membership. I haven't figured out how yet, but we do have William in here who says this, and I believe him. Um, it was weird. The timing of it was was um oh thank you Ivan thank you for saying that oh that's right I think I saw your stuff in Discord we had a lot of really good Sunday um Discord postings in the in the PGA Discord so um yeah I mean I you know the the problem was I, I was just thinking you know because Joel you kind of said the answer uh, basically and so then he he piped in but uh, honestly he might not have even been listening to you or maybe he wasn't I don't know the point is William you get a free month long membership as well so we're gonna give out three tonight I'm going to twist I'm going to See, twist like Jason's arm, Joel I, know, you I didn't understand. Understand. You didn't <laughs> know. I've always wanted to be Oprah or Ellen, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, William, you're in. Uh, and thank you for watching our free content. And thank you for hopefully you've already been a subscriber to uh, our YouTube page. But please do that if you haven't already. So, we've got two memberships that we just gave out. We're going to give out a third in a few minutes. And, well, see, Stephen, that's actually not. Totally true. Joel kind of answered the question. He didn't actually say the number, but he actually kind of did say the number. It doesn't matter. It's a moot point. I am a lawyer. I am counsel for Wind Daily. I can make these things happen. Don't worry. Uh, we got two and we got a third coming out. And William, I totally believe you. And thank you for being such a loyal listener. That is super, super awesome and my outrights before I get to our first round leaders. So I hate giving short outrights, I hate it, but I'm gonna give you a couple short-ish outrights because this is a tournament where an elite player's probably going to win, okay? So Patrick lay at 22 to one, it's a bad number, okay? I, I think you can get that. I know people say shop for your lines. Like not everybody has access to every sports book. So it's kind of like shop for your lines if you can. But if 22 to one isn't a great number, I think I got it at 28 to one or 26 to one. That's a much better number for Patrick Cantlay. If you can get Cantlay in the 25-ish to one range, you're good to go. I think that's a good number for a guy that is really turning it on. Colin Morikawa at 25-ish to one. I think it's 25 to one on DraftKings. Should be somewhere in that range. Such a good ball striker. I don't care if he's short. If the putter is hot, which it was last tournament, then you're looking at something, a guy that's going to be there on Sunday afternoon. Then we get to the, the slightly longer odds. Scotty Scheffler on DraftKings for some reason is 35 to one. That's way too short. But if you can find him in the 40 to 45 to one range, I really like Scotty Scheffler. That outright number speaks to potentially how much people like Scotty Scheffler, including sharps around the industry, because I'm pretty sure that did not open at 35 to one on DraftKings. So keep that in mind. I think the upside for Scotty Scheffler is really spelling itself out with, out with that outright number. I'll give you three more. Jason Kokrak at 55 to one. He was my outright pick when the lines first came out. And th- I'm pretty sure I got him at 70 to one, maybe even 80 to one. So that number has really gone down. Great ball striker, great putter. And I'll give you two long shots. Charlie Hoffman at 90 to one and Kevin Streelman at 110 to one. Do I think Streelman can win the tournament, not really. I just wanted to pick 110 to one guy. Uh, do you think Charlie Hoffman has an outside shot? He's striking the ball that well, and if the short game comes around, it comes around. Um, that's what six outrights, five of which I actually kind of believe in. I think are are worthy. Streelman, you know, pr- probably not. So, well, how do we, Joel? How do we give out the uh, the third a uh, free month long membership? How Ooh. do we do it? Oh, that's a good question um you want to give like a trivia question i have like a related trivia question to the first question well we could make it well we could do that or we could make it kind of fun like we we talked about movies in the original post we could you have maybe maybe you want to maybe we want to put out there you know name put put in put in there like your your favorite line from a sports movie or a quote or something and Whoever, whichever one we really like, we'll go ahead and just award a membership to that. I like it. Which, whichever one makes us feel good, or like we, we we call a movie. If any of you have a line from, actually, it doesn't even have to be a sports movie. For those of you that are potential incoming new members, just type Type in a, a really. You can you can even use the one you put on Twitter. Just put a movie quote in there, and we'll after we give out the first round leaders, we'll look to see what we have and uh, we'll just pick one. So I know that's super random, but I hadn't thought of how we were going to give a second. (laughs) So this happens to be a third. But okay, so first-round leaders, Joel, what do you got? All right. So I'm
1: going to start off. My
0: favorite – actually, I'm going to save this one for last. So a few just
1: just to throw out there. First one, Sam Burns, mainly just because of the number. He's he's been in good form. but at 80-to-1, it it seems like a misprice. He should probably be closer to the 61 range. So getting that extra 20 points to me seems like a good value. He is good enough to get you a one-round leader, probably not to win the tournament, but for first round at eighty to one, I like that number. I also really like Carlos Ortiz, another guy we already like this week. Uh, I think he's one of those guys that does well in first rounds. He's likely to be a, a showdown play. Also, you know, have one of those. You know, he can go really low in, in one round. He's also eighty to one. My favorite first-round leader play, though, and you know, just everyone knows this, but I'm going to repeat. First round leaders, the bad to take. John Rahm, right? You don't take a ten to one time in the first round. That's just not fun. The point of this is that have some fun, long line. So that's why I'm, I'm going down here in this range to find the fun. But also in this moment, I don't think you're, you're going to be able to go after, you know, Martin Laird because I just don't think he's going to be able to compete in this field. So we want to make it realistic too. My favorite play is Stuart Sink. Stewart Sink's been playing great. He's gotten the distance off the tee at 90 to one, it almost feels like a misprice. That's a huge number. I think he can definitely go low for that one round and and maybe be in, on top of the leaderboard on the first day. So my favorite first round leader play is going to be Stewart
0: Sink this week. I like that. You know, it's funny. He is always 90 to one. I'm not joking. <laughs> He's either an 80 or 90 to one. Cause I look at him almost all the time because he always has such long odds. And he's kind of a confusing guy to handicap because people think of him as old and he's a short hitter. And that's completely not the case. He's actually quite a long hitter compared to the rest of the guys on the PGA tour. And he obviously has the moxie to not just be a first round leader, but to actually take down a tournament, which he's already done twice this year. So yeah, I like that. I'm, I'm going to give you, let's see, I'm going to give you six first round leaders. Well, one of them Joel already gave it was Sam Burns, 80 to one. I mean, Sam Burns can get hot we all I mean that's that's not a mystery to anybody he's he has some weaknesses potentially on this course uh particularly with the short game and the around the green game but the guy can strike it when he's striking it around the green game doesn't matter does it because he's he's sitting there on the green from from eight to ten feet away so I like that at at 80 to one I want to throw in the super long shot because I don't really believe in it but it's fun I like saying the guy's name Akshay Batia is 150 to one throw a dollar on that it's like you know you're only throwing a few bucks on all of these, right? But like Akshay Batia can actually get hot. He completely crumbles on Friday and Saturday if he makes it back to Saturday, but he can really, really get hot and he can, he can hit the ball, man. Like this guy's going to be good on the PGA Tour sometime soon. He's going to be a star. Is he a West Coast guy too? That I don't, want, I, I don't know. I mean, I know he's not, I don't think he's an American player. I know I he's, he he's Indian, but he might be, say it again. I think he went to Stanford. Oh, I think he did go to Stanford. You're right. Like I don't know. If he... Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, we'll have to look into that. I think you're right about that. Um, I just know he's of Indian descent. I just don't know. Like maybe he was, you know, born and raised here. I have no idea. Okay, so Shane Lowry at fifty to one. I like it. Shane Lowry. You talked about Shane Lowry. He's not a big DFS play for me, and it's mostly because I'm not really a Shane Lowry DFS guy necessarily. And he happens to be popular this week. He's popular for good reason. I I just don't know how much I'm playing him. But as a first round leader. Um, he has the experience and he has the game to actually like kind of dominate this course on any given day. So let's make it Thursday at 50 to one. Gary Woodland, I don't like as an outright. I'm not sure I love him as a DFS play, other other than maybe a you know contrarian play maybe here and there. But we know we can get hot, especially if the driver is in good form. So Gary Woodland at 60 to one, I think is worth it. I mean, he's won a US Open in the last few years. So like this guy does have the upside and the game is coming around. So Gary Woodland at 61. Max Homa at 80 to 1. And then I have two more. So I've given you Akshay Bhatia at 150 to 1. I just mentioned the Burns at 80 to 1, which, Joel, that's one of yours. Shane Lowry at 50. Gary Woodland at 60. So let's go two more. I mentioned Max Homa. Ryan Palmer at 90 to 1. That's a great number for Ryan Palmer. I'm sorry, the guy's not going to win the tournament, but can he be first round leader? Absolutely. Like guys like Ryan Palmer, Charlie Hoffman, who I'm, the only reason I don't have him on here, by the way, is because most of the guys I'm listing are morning guys on Thursday. So I, just because I think the conditions will be a little bit better in the morning. And so I just kind of avoided all the afternoon guys, other than, I think Sam Burns happens to be in the afternoon. That was the one guy I threw in late in the afternoon. But Palmer's in the morning, 90 to one. Here's the, here's the breaking news though. The breaking news before we give out our third free membership month long membership is that at 50 to one, Joel, are you ready for this? Cause this is definitely, it's the U S open. I mean, obviously I'm going to hit this, right? That's the, I will say before you even
1: say this is see, it does in all reality, we joke and we talk about put all your money on it because we're kind of joking, but we're not really joking. but we're joking a little bit, but see his record of picking first round leaders is strong. I mean, he's hit on a bunch of these this year. Um, and I guess there's obviously no doubt the U.S. Open, you're going to hit. So whatever you say is a lock. just a matter of how much of my entire net worth I put on. it.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. I've emptied out all my bank accounts. You know, so this is like, this is an all-in push that we had a rounders quote um, earlier on, on, on Twitter when, it, when, when we did the original give memberships away post. This is like an all-in. I'm pushing my chips in. Everything I've got on the lock of the year at first round leader, 50 to one. I mean, I can't believe I'm telling the world this two days early. Like, this is crazy. It's Tuesday night. It's 9.15 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We're like 46 hours removed from, actually, no, this is West Coast. We're like 48 hours removed, 49 hours removed from the actual first-round leader happening. And I'm telling it to you now. It's Jason Kokrak, Joel, at 50 to 1. He's going to be your first-round leader. I know. Mm -hmm. You're welcome, America. Mm -hmm. Joel, your thoughts? Uh, I actually love it. Actually, I like it even more. I was like, I'm going
1: to like whoever you say, but now that I heard it's Cupcrack. I'm like, oh, it's brilliant. That's the lockest. Like I think I said earlier in the show, he's the highest owned player I have so far in DFS. So for a first round leader, that's easy, right? I'm going to be because what's going to happen is I'm going to be in first place in all the tournaments after Thursday, and then probably things will fall apart from there. But that's okay. It's still fun to do that.
0: i love it uh i love it okay so that is jason kokrak put put your life savings on that obviously okay we're kind of joking i have to put that qualifier out there but we're totally not joking put all of your money on jason kokrak first round leader our our little secret um okay so we have some we have some movie quotes in here we got to give out another we got to give somebody oh no because we gave it we gave a membership away to okay so Joel, do you know what this is from? This isn't the winner necessarily. I I just, what is this from? Can you?
1: You can be be second. You can be third. Heck, I was high
0: when I said that, Ricky. Oh, what's that from? I don't still don't know.
1: That's good. good.
0: Okay. So then we have, uh, we have this. Show me the money. Okay, that's, that's that's pretty good. I mean, considering the context of what this show is, that's pretty good. Uh, this is Spillarty, who's a writer, so we don't need to. But Viva Johnny Vegas, uh, and then uh, put me in coach. By the way, is that Rudy? What's put me in coach? I don't. I mean, Do I don't know know like think song, right? Put me yeah. in coach, right? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got we've got the Jerry Maguire, and I mean, I, I think I have to give it to Todd, right? Yeah. I mean, you just like you you like sprung up. And then I remembered because I've seen that movie and it's freaking hilarious. Uh, and in the context of like these tournaments uh th- that we play, um, you always want to have a takedown. So I, I do like the the reference, the allusion to uh first place. So, Todd, you are our third. And Logan, thank you for trying. We'll, we'll do this again soon. So don't worry about that. Or you could just sign up windailysports.com. I should say that it's like really cheap compared to, in fact, Everybody like who's listening, go to all the other sites that you can think of. Maybe do a Google search and see what they charge per month for access to sports betting and DFS and Discord and optimizers and all that stuff. And then, you know, come back next week and type into the show what you found, because I guarantee you we have the lowest prices. Um, Or if
1: Jason Cockrack is the first one leader, Mm, then you come to us, give us all your money and say you're sorry.
0: Yeah, exactly. We we need we're gonna need apologies on this show for sure. Okay, so Todd, you are the third. So we had Todd, we had William Neal, and we had Tyc. You guys uh, message me on Twitter, and at least by uh, hopefully by tomorrow. I, I can't guarantee it, but I, hopefully by tomorrow I can get the three of you hooked up with um, memberships so you can be in our Discord maybe tomorrow night and talking U.S. Open with us and through the weekend and all of that stuff. So thank you guys for participating in that. That was super fun. Joel, what are your closing thoughts? First of all, let me ask you this. Who's winning this tournament? Who's coming in second place? And who's a big name that's going to miss the cut? So let's start with who's coming in first. Who's winning this tournament? Well,
1: first, I'm so happy you asked it to me that way because I wasn't. we didn't prepare that, and I was going to make a comment like this anyway. I was going back to how from opened the show. The all closing right. first and second place is going to be Bryson and Brooks. As the closing God. pair, the best storyline that couldn't be written in golf, those are gonna be your final two. And the winner of the tournament
0: is gonna be Bryson. Okay, so you have first and second. Who is a big name that's going to miss the cut? <sighs> big name that's gonna miss the cut. <sighs> I know I didn't prep you for this, so that's kind of my bad. But let's when I say a big name that's gonna miss the cut, I'm gonna give you some some rope here. I'm gonna say 80 8,300 and above. Who's a name that's going to miss the cut? Oh, you give me that much rope? That is a lot. I'm of going to give you that, that
1: much rope. rope. That, I can, that I can work with. So at 8,300 above, the miss cut is going to be – I'm going to have a – I have
0: a pretty much of a surprising – Nah, I lost you. I'm going
1: to go miss cut.
0: Oh, my God. That's literally what I was going to say. I swear. Mm-hmm. Will Zalatoris was going to be my MC guy. It's just a feeling I have. I, I, I mean, obviously, the metrics are there. The finishing positions aren't great. Like, I'm, I'm with that. We don't need to go down that road in terms of why we think that. But I'm telling you, I was looking at the list, and I was like, I'm thinking Will Zalatoris. I was shocked you said that. Sorry. The okay, more so – surprising one that I was thought about mentioning that I don't actually think we'll miss a guy. I just don't think he's
1: going to do as well as he's getting expected this week, and it's Colin Moore Colin. I don't love him this week. I just okay. – someone's yeah. telling me it's not
0: his week. Uh, so – Uh, I'm a little bit down on Morikawa. Well, Joel, that's super unfortunate for you because my answer to who is going to win this tournament is none other than my boy, Colin Morikawa. But here's the cool part. You thought you had a good storyline with Bryson, Brooks, Bryson wins. Okay, I'll admit it's a good storyline. It's kind of tired at this point, but it is what golf needs and wants. They don't even need it anymore. After Phil won, everything else is like icing on the cake. But here's a storyline for you that I just thought of. Colin Morikawa wins the U.S. Open in a playoff, playoffs, with Patrick Cantley. Remember, at the Memorial was Patrick Cantley, who beat out Colin Morikawa in a playoff. The roles will be reversed. Two elite golfers get into a playoff again. But this time, Colin Morikawa sinks the putt and Cantley misses the putt. How do we feel about that?
1: I like it, but I do just want to clarify, Was were you making the playoff, that reference when you said
0: it, in the pitched voice? I was kind of trying, like that <laughs> was one of those like, I don't know that I want to go full bore and give it 100% effort. So I'm going to give oh. it like a 40% effort and people will kind of know that I was trying to say that. But I wasn't really trying to say yeah. that because I didn't want to embarrass myself. So you kind of like, you go like half tilt there. It did so, at least I-
1: That's, you did it perfectly. You nailed it.
0: Yeah, it's kind of like saving face without saving face yeah. at all. Did, did you yeah. want to give it a shot, though? It kind of sounded like you're like the pro at playoffs. I mean...
1: I, I gave it... I, the, what I gave is about the best I got. I think, I, I think I've think i embarrassed myself enough for one evening, so I think we'll, we'll cut it off
0: there. <laughs> I, um, on the first cut a couple weeks ago, we were talking about uh, Kyle Stanley when he was priced uh, 6,200 and how ridiculous that was. And Greg Duchamp was making the point that this guy, like, had just in that very tournament, had just lost in a playoff like one or two years before. Now he's 6,200, coming in good form. And he kept saying the word playoffs and he said it just like Jim Mora. I posted the <laughs> clip on Twitter, on my Instagram too. By the way, for those of you that are on Instagram, uh, Joel, are you on Instagram? What's your tag on that?
1: Yeah, so this is gonna be surprising. It's draft master Flex. Oh,
0: that is very surprising, sir. So mine is at Siena Sports. I don't put a lot on there, but the things I do put on there are actually kind of catchy and funny. And that clip I'm referring to, please, everybody who's on Instagram, go check it out because it's, I happen to think it's funny. I think it's the last clip I posted, which was like a week and a half ago. Joel, have you seen that clip? Uh,
1: I don't think I've seen that. I got I to gotta check it
0: out. Go check it out. Um, and check out the first cut. That's. I mean, I think most of you listening probably have that in your, in your rotation, the first cut. Uh, not just when I'm on, uh, they do it literally every single day. They have a first cut show and they've got such good guests on there and uh, the, a good panel on there. So uh, Joel, I think that's it. So I have Colin Morikawa winning it. I have Cantley coming in second and I have Will Zalatoris missing the cut. We're going to win all of our GPP tournaments. We're going to double up in all our cash games, right? And we're going to hit our outrights and our first round leaders because, I mean, I'm not saying that's what we do, but that's what we're going to do this weekend, right, Joel?
1: I mean, I- I'll just say this right. way. You Guys, make money this week. You come
0: back, you'll make money again next week. We're just giving you the picks. All you gotta do is play them, and you make money. <laughs> it's it's that easy, uh, <laughs> kind of sometimes. Uh, it was, it was that easy on Sunday, this yeah. just a few days ago, it was that easy. So, why can't it be that easy on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday of this week? Just Simple. saying. Easy. Uh, everybody, thanks for watching the show. Um, the chat, thanks for being super active. We will get you those free memberships. Uh, I'll try to get those. Um, get you registered for all of that in the next twenty four hours. Um, try to get me that stuff tonight, and I can pass it on, and and we can go from there. Uh, by the way, get to get to me on Twitter. That's going to be the easiest way at Sia Najad. For those of you still listening, follow us on YouTube, Windaily Sports. Follow us at Windaily Sports on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram, and you can check out. Actually, tomorrow we'll be back. Me and Joel won't, but. Mike North, who you should know, is going to be on with John Jansen at 12 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. They're on every single day at 12 o'clock noon for 20 minutes, basically just talking and then giving out picks. It's a 20 minute quick hitter show. It's on our YouTube channel. It's on at Wind Daily Sports. It's a really good show and it really sets up the day from a betting and a DFS standpoint. And then, of course, we have more shows throughout the day that are on that YouTube channel. So, Joel, any final thoughts?
1: Guys, good luck this week. Uh, keep in mind as you're doing your final roster building, I think one thing to really keep top of mind, this is not going to play like your typical course. The scores are going to be poor. It's going to be hard to get low. It's not, it's not going to be a birdie fest. So know that when you're picking guys, and uh, and let's make some money.
0: One last thing, and I probably should have led the show with this. This tournament is top 60 in ties, 6-0. It's not top 65 in ties. So that's – even it's if you have a five out of six lineup, like this is going to be a tournament where like things are going to get turned upside down a little bit, not just because of the top 60 and ties because it's a really hard course and some good players are going to fall by the wayside real, real quick and probably going to be in give up mode on Friday. With that in mind, if you have a five out of six lineup, believe me when I tell you it is going to be very live, especially since the scoring on Saturday and Sunday is not going to be very good. It's not going to be good any of the days, but particularly on Saturday and Sunday when these guys who have a six out of six are celebrating and they're like, Oh, I'm like, I'm good. I'm definitely going to cash. Well, Probably, but your six out of six might not be better than the five out of six. And frankly, it might not be better than the four out of six if the four out of six has four guys that are in the top ten, top twelve, top fifteen. The reason I mention that other than the obvious reasons is finishing position really matters here. So if you think you have a golfer that can close and a golfer that is going to climb the board, i mean i'm I'm starting to think of guys like Daniel Berger, who like, kind of like, you know, they typically are kind of okay on on Friday and Saturday, and all of a sudden they're in the top 10 on Sunday somehow. So those guys that can close and get those finishing position points, that's going to matter in this tournament more than any other tournament.
1: I couldn't agree with you more, for sure. Definitely.
0: And who's got a favorite movie quote? I, I, I don't know if that's to, to me or you. Uh, but anyway, the point is, oh, I have one. I have one. You don't need to wear a patch on your arm to have honor. Uh, that's from the movie a few good men and contextually that's not going to mean anything unless you're watching the movie but Joel, you have homework to do, so uh, we're going to end this broadcast so that you can go watch a few good men right now because it's one of the top five movies of all time. I stand by that. I will fight anybody who says otherwise. <laughs> That's our show. That's the Wind Daily PJ live stream. Good luck at the U.S. Open. We're going to see you next Tuesday, as we always do, eight o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Until then, enjoy, enjoy all the content that Wind Daily Sports has to offer, both on the website at winddailysports.com, on the YouTube channel, and everywhere else we're at. See you. Sports.